I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal, here with two of my favorite people, Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson and a wonderful criminologist who I will let Vicki introduce. Hi, so welcome back. We have Dr. Judy Christman Yates with us today. She writes this wonderful financial exploitation newsletter every month that gives us all kinds of incredible information, things that we need to know and things that we didn't even know we needed to know, but we do. So we really appreciate all that she brings to us. And I took some questions from her November 2023 newsletter that I thought were very important for her to talk about. So let's get started. The first article that I thought was interesting and very important had to do with calling 911. We know that in an emergency, that's what we do. We should call 911. But what happens if your phone screen shows no network signal or if it's not equipped with a wireless calling plan? What happens then, Judy? Well, it turns out that you can connect. Little did I know, but it turns out an article in firefighternow.com indicates you can definitely call. It's not guaranteed that it'll go through. There's a slight chance that the cell towers may not be nearby you, but the way it works is when you have your phone and it shows no service at the top or you have uh, no indicators, that is reflecting what the paid service is that you have. If you dial 911, it doesn't care what service you have. It goes out to any service that it can connect to. Now, the biggest problem, if you have no service and you dial 911 and you get to the 911 service center, they don't know your location. Right. And so you need to know where you are so that you can tell them. Yeah, which is sometimes a problem because it's like if your car breaks down and you're in the middle of nowhere, how do you direct the service people to where you are? How do you direct AAA to where you are? Same thing with 911. Obviously, the first thing they need to know is your location. And if you can't right. get them your location, that can be a big problem. But good to know that the call will still go through even if your phone is showing no network signal. That's true, but that one happens. So here you are dialing 911 and the operator hangs up on you. That is very likely to happen in that situation. They will call you right back. Because when you call them, they didn't get your location. They hang up and they call you. And your location should show on their network. Of course, it's always good if you know where you are, but you may not. Oh, so that's interesting. You know, I didn't know that. That's really good. So to hanging know. up in this case is not a bad thing. They will call you right back. Okay. It is really good to know. You know, on television shows, when people are stuck in the mountains and they get hurt on the trail, I've never known that. They just look and there's no service. So great to know. You need is to have a phone that's charged. Okay. Yeah, of course. Now, is there anything that can be done to boost a signal for 911? Sure. You can try to get closer to a populated area where there are more cell towers. Also, turn your airplane mode off and on. That'll refresh the signal. Be sure to close all the phone tabs and apps that you happen to have. And if you happen to have a signal booster device, great, use that. Another thing you can do is use the internet service and dial that way. Oh, wow. Very important. Thank you. Another topic 
Is it true that even when you've changed your credit card numbers, you can still be charged for an auto payment that you were making? Now, I actually had this happen to me. My husband changed his credit card. It was lost or stolen or probably lost. And so he had to get a new card and the auto payment charges continued to show up on the new card. Does that always happen? Well, not always, but an article that was put out by creditcardreviews.com says the way it works. If your card expires and or it's replaced automatically if it expires, but you might request a new number based on fraud or just personal preference. It turns out if you're under contract and say you have an auto bill, there are ways that credit card companies can get updates on that. And it's called a credit card updater service. So does every credit card have that service? No, not every one, but MasterCard and Visa definitely do. And is that something that you can opt out of if you don't want those payments to follow you because maybe you don't want to continue being charged for whatever services on auto pay? Well, you can actually opt out with Visa or MasterCard. You need to check with them and fill out their forms. But that doesn't mean that that charge is going to go away. It means that actually you end up and you have a responsibility. If you are on auto pay, you have a responsibility to that company to let them know either on internet or a phone, a letter. And even if you opt out of that service, a company can still charge you and they will still apply the late fees and what have you and eventually send it to let the collection the bureau know that you're not paying. Yeah. I had that happen with my husband. He was no longer using his Peloton, but we were getting charged every single month for a Peloton charge. And I didn't realize it because I didn't know that he had signed up for auto pay until I looked at the card. So I think the lesson there is you really have to check every card carefully to see what charges you have on there that you probably forgot you signed up for. So I have to call Peloton and say, we no longer need this service and please stop charging us. And Right. Wow. Is it work with debit cards that way too, Judy? Well, debit cards are instant. They pay instantly. You know, your credit card, you have a lot more possibilities that you'll get your money. I I meant if you got a new card, you know, you lost it or whatever, and then you wonder, does it roll over like that? It's a credit card. Okay. I mean, it's a credit card. It's a debit card. You would have to check with your financial institution. I can't answer that directly, but I don't Mm -hmm. know. I don't know why not. Okay. Yeah. But it's so interesting. We all sign up for things at the moment and then we forget we've signed up and we don't look at our statements as regularly as we should. And that keeps coming out of our statement and we go, oh, wait a minute. I haven't used that service for five months. I've got to cancel that. So good to know. Now, the next thing that caught my eye in your newsletter this time was about check fraud. And we have talked about this quite a bit. We have talked about how checks get stolen, that crooks come by and take checks out of our mailbox, or they take checks out of the blue bins that the postage service puts out, or they simply steal the keys from mail carriers and open the bins that way or open lock boxes that way. So there's a lot of ways that thieves get our checks. But the question for you is, what do thieves do with these stolen checks once they've got them in their possession? A study done by Georgia State University Research, they were showing that this was really happening. And you did mention the blue mailboxes, the postal boxes, It is really a problem. I actually know of a couple of cases where thieves stole the entire mailbox. 
They unscrewed it from the ground. They moved it over to a mall, a shopping mall, by a busy store, grocery store. And they had the keys for the back of it, of course, or they could actually change the key out. But people would drop their mail in there on the way into the store. The post office didn't know it was there. So those blue mailboxes can be a problem. So the question you asked me is, what do thieves do with stolen checks? Well, typically they use like nail polish remover or a similar chemical. They erase the payee and the amount. They take a picture of it. And then they post that picture of that clean check on dark nets or underground platforms that sell fraudulent type of information. Now, since the checks include your name and address, the criminals use it as part of an identity theft. So they can open bank accounts besides cashing a check. You know, they fill in a much larger amount, pay it to cash or whatever and make money that way. But they do an identity theft and they open accounts and apply for loans in the victim's name. And along with that, they just put their photo on uh, like a passport or a driver's license so that they can show that when they're cashing your check. So they're very busy. Such an outrageous story. They moved the whole mailbox. I can't even believe that. I know. Isn't that, I've heard that too. Oh, I know. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Quite clever when you really stop to think about it. They carried it to a busier location and they had total control over that mailbox. No postman was going to come by and collect mail because that wasn't one of the mailboxes on their route. Mm -hmm. So That is very true. And I have actually seen packages that what the thief did was they took a stick and a wire, reverse taped with duct tape, a piece of cardboard, and they dropped it into the mailbox. And then they hid that little piece of wire underneath and people would drop stuff on it. At the police department where I was working at the time or helping at the time, they had pulled that out and you could see that there was mail attached to that. So things are very clever about trying to get your information. And of course, we forget that everything is on your check, your name, your address, sometimes your phone number, depends on what you decide to put on there, your bank account number, your routing number, it's all there. Yes, it is. If somebody wants to use that check for fraudulent purposes, they certainly can. So who has jurisdiction over mail theft? Well, it's the U.S. Postal Inspector. So if you do have a mail fraud problem, then that's where you need to go and report it. And do you have any suggestions for individuals to reduce the chance of their mail being stolen? Well, yes. Let's just avoid those blue mailboxes on the street. Yes. So take your mail into the post office and hand it to the clerk or at least drop it in a box on the inside of the post office. Um, Also, secure your mailbox. By the way, if you have put something in your mailbox and you put that little red flag up, thieves love that. It says, look, there's something in this mailbox that you might want to look at. So be very, very careful and just take your mail in. You can also stop using checks and pay online. Many studies show that it's safer to pay online than to allow a check to go through the system. But that's a personal preference. You need to decide what you want to do. Yeah. We actually got a locked mailbox for our our street mailbox. When I'm going to mail a check, I still take it into the post office and put it on the counter in front of a person that's working the counter that day. And you don't have to wait in line. Assuming you've got postage on your check, you just bring it in, you drop it off, you walk out, done. So it's a very quick procedure. So the last thing I wanted to have you talk about was you pose a question here in the newsletter, what can scammers do with your account and user credentials? So first of all, tell us what you mean by account and user credentials. 
Sure. The identitytheftcenter.org lists this information as account numbers, username, passwords, security questions, PIN numbers, and other security codes. So that would be your user credentials. Okay. And what do identity thieves do with this information, with these user credentials? Well, they take your credentials and they go in and make sure that you can no longer get into your account. And of course, we know if they can get into your account, then they take whatever is there. But also they use your information and they send emails or whatever to other people looking like you. So they're using your good name and they're stealing information from these people. So what should we do to protect ourselves from somebody using our account and user credentials? Well, the best way or the easiest way is to not share your information. And you really should have unique credentials for each of your accounts. Now, most people know that you should have a unique password for each account, but it's also good to have a unique username. You can create a username on each of your accounts. Now, sometimes it's hard to remember those, but if you make it easy and use the same username all the time, then all the scammer has to do is guess your password. So use two separate ones. And then, of course, you need to pick the different security questions because once that's compromised, they have the answers. Always use a secure method to control your passwords and usernames, meaning that you don't take a sticky note and put it on your computer with your username <laughs> and password. Oh, I think I have one of those on my computer right now. Yes, I do. It's right there on my laptop. Okay, I'm going to remove oh, that and put that somewhere else. Well, and the last thing is for some reason you need someone else on there. Go to the financial institution and make sure that they give that helpful person that's going to be on your account their own unique identifier. That way, when you go through, you can see who is doing what. If you give them your information, then you can't sort out who did what. So that's not a good thing. Well, great information, Judy. Thank you so much. All having to do with keeping us safe, keeping our assets safe and stopping those scammers in their tracks. So we really appreciate you coming on and sharing all of this information with us. We sure did, Judy. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And Vicki, would you give your fraud hotline in case somebody wants to talk to you about a scam or even share it on Scam Squad? Absolutely. My direct line to my office, and I will return every call, area code 805. 568-2442. That's 805-568-2442. Thank you so much.